1: Welcome to Properly Howard, a podcast that reviews classic films and other Pulp Fiction. Today we take a look at the remake of the lauded folk horror tale, Wicker Man, starring Nicolas Cage as a detective who punches and kicks women, steals bicycles, and is allergic to bees. (laughs) With me to discuss this film, as always, is Dr. Anthony (laughs) Ladon.
2: Steve, what is your relationship with
1: Aaron Eckhart? Um... I mean, I've seen him. <laughs> do you, I know do you, he exists. Do you like him? <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever disliked him.
2: Did you like his depiction as Two-Face in Batman? In Dark Knight? In the Dark
1: Knight, yeah. Um, You know, it's it, so Dark Knight... I mean, Heath Ledger does a, an awful lot for that movie. Because I think it's good. I think it's...
2: It's almost univer he's almost universally loved.
1: So, overall. well, you know, not making anything bad lately helps. Um. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I think You're saying that I,
2: Eckhart is not as good as Heath Ledger and-
1: Well, let 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 me let me let me let me do you, you've introduced new new concepts here. Um. So, I think there are people from the specifically Joker standpoint that will will say Jack is the best Joker, right? I mean, hell, there are people that say Jared Leto is the best Joker, and those people shouldn't uh, have access to the internet. But but there are those that are like, no, no, in terms of what they wanted out of the Joker, right, or the depiction of the Joker. That said, I think that it's pretty close to Universal that everyone knows that Heath Ledger did a great job. Whether he's your favorite Joker Mm -hmm. is a different conversation than he was the best part of that movie. Uh, And I watched it, you know, not too terribly long ago. And I got right in the middle of it and it was no Heath Ledger. And I'm like, I don't know if this is great. I mean, it's good. It's a Batman movie. Then it feels more like a Batman movie, right? Like, okay, this is, you know, the dialogue is trying to move. Heath Ledger comes back on screen. You're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And everything is elevated, right? So then I think we look through the Dark Knight through uh, Heath Ledger colored uh, glasses and everything is elevated. Um, If if Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face were the only villain in this movie, I think... It would be good, but it would certainly not be amazing.
2: Well, Um, I mean, look, I mean, look, Heath Ledger has to follow Jack Nicholson, right? Right. Um, Whereas Aaron Eckhart only has to follow Tommy Lee Jones. Sure, right? Exactly. (laughs) So I mean, there there is is that. Maybe though, I I love Tommy Lee Jones a few things, but his depiction of Two Face was comically bad.
1: Tommy Lee Jones is in a lot of movies. I have seen probably a minority of them. I can safely say that his version of Two Face is the worst thing that him and anybody named Tommy has ever done.
0: When <laughs> we open that safe, we'll have everything we ever wanted. Enough cash
2: drain down upon Fair Gotham. A glorious flood of chaos. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, and I'm including Tommy, uh, Tommy Morrison in Rocky Fox. So when I see Aaron Eckhart as Two
2: Face, I think, well, he's no Billy D. Williams, but pretty good, pretty good. But like, we never like and, we, and we
1: never got we never got Billy D. Williams as Two Face. We only got him as One Face. <laughs> that's the, that's the trouble. <laughs> we, we, we. Now that's, that would have been. They should have done the right thing. They didn't do the right, right. thing. I feel like it's not too late, right? I think it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he has now the second phase only. So, all right. So, I I like
2: Aaron Eckhart in that role. Um, I did you ever see Thank You for Smoking? Yes. And that's an, it's a weird movie, but I I thought he was pretty good
1: in it. Yeah, I like I liked the movie, and I actually, and I liked him in it too.
2: All right. So, do you know why I'm asking you about Aaron Eckhart?
1: Uh, was he the wicker man like was he the actual <laughs> wicker statue cuz if so he was amazing
2: not only in, is aaron eckhart not only is aaron eckhart in this movie the wicker wicker man the remake with Nicholas cage he's the first person you see on screen he's a trucker who has no lines sort of at the truck stop he finishes his meal he gets up and he walks away. They show a close up of Aaron Eckhart. You know so he's an extra. He's an extra in this movie. I was surprised. I'm surprised you didn't note that Mm-mm. that he was here. This movie comes out a year after Thank You for Smoking, so <laughs> huh. it's it's a it's a weird thing where clearly Aaron Eckhart has not blown up yet. He's he he right. doesn't have a single line, and. Uh, this is sort of reminds you that just because a movie is a year later than another movie doesn't mean that the actors performed in the movie a year later. Uh, clearly this, you know, he, he was an extra in this movie before he was the lead role in a critically acclaimed movie. Um, and then two years later, he's in the dark night. So you kind of, it's kind of funny to see him in that first scene because he's a big deal, and I thought yeah. he must be a plant. This guy is going to come back at the end. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna, he's, he's gonna, gonna
1: explain. He's going to explain the movie after the credits. <laughs>
2: he's, he's going to explain why this movie actually makes sense.
1: Uh, <laughs> why, why it got greenlit.
2: <laughs> so I don't. I I thought it was it was kind of funny to see him as an extra. But it did fool me, because I, I was thinking, wait, no, that's Aaron Eckhart. I'll look it up. Yep, it sure is. Oh, this came out a year before. Thank you for smoking. He can't just be an extra, can he? Uh it turns out he's maybe the best actor in this entire movie. No lines.
1: <laughs> uh, there was a doll at one point. <laughs> Did you watch the unrated version or the uh, theatrical version?
2: Oh, I don't even know.
1: I'm thinking that it the, was probably theatrical. Because I, I the unrated version is important. I, I watched the theatrical version as well. And then I was like, wait a minute. Where's the memes, right? Like, I'm aware are the memes. So I did a little research. And those all, like almost every meme from this movie is from the uh, unrated oh, version that you would get so on I, DVD. All right.
2: So now I feel like I've been I've been fooled. I've been bamboozled.
1: You know, and these are... These are well worth the watch. All right, all right. Well, let's let's save. We'll, we'll, those. we'll get to we'll get to that when it when it's uh, when we discuss. This is the an moments. important film, and I want to do justice. Oh, absolutely. To... Do not do not <laughs> A short trip. So here's
2: my my sense, Steve. <laughs> what Nick Cage knows that the rest of us don't know is that yelling earnestly. Is a high art form, mm-hmm. and he's perfected it. He, yeah, this is his, this yells, is his Picasso phase. Yes, right. So he yells a lot in this piece of cinematic art.
0: Yes. This is hers? Tell me. I yes, I I think it. Yeah. How to get burned? How to get burned? I, How to get burned? How to get burned? I don't
2: know. I think that if you just look at it, if you look at it as a film, as a movie, it's not mm. it's not good. But mm. if you look at it as a medium to showcase Nick Cage yelling, it might be perfect.
0: God damn it.
1: Yeah, I know I I think you're right. That's I think that's a lot of people went into this thing because they were saw it like in a movie theater. <laughs> a lot of people
2: thought they were watching a movie.
1: Automatically assumed, Oh yeah, this is this is I didn't realize this was like a scream sash. And uh <laughs> and once you get that, you're like, Oh, okay. Like you just <clears throat> you treat it almost like um kind of like softcore pornography. I just would fast forward to the screaming <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do you have an elevator pitch for this movie?
1: And are you hard of hearing? <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, so did you watch the original?
2: <laughs> no, I thought about it, but I decided instead to watch this movie twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I haven't, I have not seen the original. Um, I did, I, I watched this and then I, I watched, like, like I said, I watched uh, the unrated Scenes and then I, I watched more of this again. I haven't watched it, I will watch it again today. Um, so I, I did, I did do a, rather than like rent, and I was, it was kind of late, so I was like, rather than really watch the whole original one, I, I did a little bit of research and I watched, um, a couple like there's a few things on YouTube, like best scenes or like most important scenes from the, and it's very different vibe. I mean, it's not like I know it's considered like a beloved uh, and well regarded. Folk horror. Film. Oh, the the
2: 1973.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a bit of a musical. Oh, I mean, at least m- a majority of the scenes that I saw that people were posting, people are singing like Christopher Lee is leading everybody in song. And oh, uh, OK. And uh, there's a song around the maypole. That's uh, while well, maybe the kids I are can get around. Sarah to watch that then. <laughs> yeah, she would love this. <laughs> uh yeah there's like pub singing um a little bit of like kind of like looks like irish dirty dancing Mm, involved a little bit well
2: you got all of those ingredients
1: that's like a savory treat (laughs) a conservative christian police officer heads to a, a a remote village to investigate a missing um child okay all right and uh and from what I can tell, much more subdued performance.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: I, that's su- that is screaming. surprising
2: I, I, you know, compared to Nick Cage. I, I'm kind of shocked to hear that.
1: <laughs> There's some dialogue in this movie that I don't think you can say without screaming.
2: <laughs> right. All right. Since we're, you mentioned the... Where do you even
1: begin? All right. That's It's a great Can we talk question. about the plot a little bit? How about we talk about the font? <laughs> <laughs> Pa- the font of this papyrus. movie. It's it's aggressively papyrus. It's this is this might as well have been uh designed by whoever uh was designing uh cool churches in the early 2000s. <laughs> so I we could just welcome, start with Welcome the to fonts. Living Water, man. It's not going to be your typical sermon. <laughs>
2: I want to tell you, I have a I have a long and complicated history with a papyrus, and I feel like that's as good a thing to talk about as anything. Yeah. So when I first saw papyrus, I thought, "Hey, that's cool, man. I mean, right. that's you know, this sort of like mid nineties. This is something cool we've done with technology, but it feels a little bit old timey. Sure. I thought, yeah, this is this is good. I'll use this for like flyers and things like that back when Mm -hmm. flyers were a thing um and then avatar came out a a film that they spent a billion dollars i don't know what they spent on the movie but it was it was a very very expensive film and they used papyrus to do Well, they the ran subtitles. out of money. They
1: couldn't afford any more font. When you put so much energy into blue people, <laughs> and you're like, "Well, geez, we didn't even could we download? No, 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 no. We we've we're spent." <laughs>
2: All right. So at that point, I thought, I don't understand. Like, you've not only was this the wrong font to use, you've ruined the movie, and you've ruined papyrus. Now, <laughs> like, like yeah. you can't use that font anymore. Seriously. Uh, now Papyrus is kind of a joke. So much so that they, there was a whole SNL sketch about Papyrus.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Papyrus is now like I mean, Comic Sans is so grateful for Papyrus. So to see Papyrus used in this movie straight
2: off, I thought, oh, that tell I, I know I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The choice of font tells you almost everything you need to know about this. Well,
1: movie. you realize that Papyrus has been overacting the whole time.
2: <laughs> there you go. All
1: right, so you saw some deleted scenes, right? Oh baby.
2: Okay. So maybe one of the scenes that I had the most pr- trouble with, which is <laughs> is pretty early on, maybe mm. maybe the de- deleted scene explains this a little bit to me. So N- Cage I don't even know his name. What's Nick Cage's name in this movie? Does it matter? Uh, it's John Wick. <laughs> So, Nick Cage goes into the police station to get help from his former colleague. He gives Officer Pete... He's Edward Malice. Okay, he's he's Edward Malice. He gives Officer Pete a letter. The letter notices... the, The letter is giving notice that there is a missing child officers officer pete's response is to be surprised that nick cage once liked a girl right (laughs) is is this a a police station or is this like third grade
1: like it was the whole thing that that scene was uh like you want to talk about just setting the tone of at least how people are going to act i wrote down like a note that said everybody really needs you to know that they're acting
2: well, on top of that, this letter is in calligraphy. I mean, that in itself right. should be a, a warning sign, right?
1: Yeah, because calligraphy in a papyrus world just you're seems like, odd.
2: You got a letter in calligraphy that your ex-girlfriend's daughter is missing.
1: Well, wasn't you're going no to blow this he's... off, right? I mean, you're not going to really take this seriously. He asks about her, and he's like, well, we, we were close. And then like within seconds, like, we were engaged. I'm like, well, which one is it, bro? <laughs>
2: Well, also, Officer Pete says, "Why didn't she ask her father? Why didn't she ask the father for help? You're a policeman,
1: right? There's a missing child.
2: <laughs> ask her father for somebody,
1: help. Somebody, somebody, somebody went through the effort to ask for help in a very stylistic way. <laughs> Clearly, this matters. So,
2: so, so Officer Pete is a monster. I mean, that's that's pretty clear. Um." Why is he surprised that Nick Cage had a girlfriend at one point?
1: I mean, he, he's—I know he's super charming in this movie. It's hard to believe. I—I I was surprised
2: <laughs> until the end when you realize it was just a con job. No
1: one would ever actually be attracted to Nick Cage. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Oh, checks out
1: so did I, what you... here's what i like about nick cage nick cage is simultaneously the best and the worst thing in every one of his movies
2: <laughs> what is your favorite nick
1: cage movie uh probably my favorite is uh so as far as a movie goes i would say it's raised in arizona
2: oh that's a good one i forgot and about he's that fantastic one. in it i was gonna say uh, moonstruck i think he's Hilarious and moonstruck. He's great and moonstruck. But you're you're probably right. Raising Arizona's is
1: probably best one. But I mean, I'll watch Con Air a bunch.
2: I've I think I ever only ever saw it one time.
1: I, I mean, Nick Cage is is like America's guilty pleasure, right? I and mean, Well, you and I have a little history with Nick Cage. I guess we do. We do have some
2: history with Nick. H. Not that we we'd ever met him. I I don't think I could no. get over that. I think I'd be scarred for life. Um, but back when leaving Las Vegas was first out, I was really into prestige drama. You were kind of interested, but you were maybe not, maybe not as sort of like uh, interested in. The cinematic narrative, as I was, I, I was kind of mm-hmm. really fooled by like critical film re- reviews I as I was mm-hmm. a young man, early
1: twenties. Yeah, and I took a look at this and I thought, I don't think this is for me.
2: So, Leaving Las Vegas was coming out, and we were going to go see a movie together. And I said, "Let's see Leaving Las Vegas. It's, it's supposed to be amazing. Uh, there's Oscar buzz about it. To back then, that that meant something to me." And you were like, this is going to be dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I said, I'll bet you. I will bet you $5 or $10 or whatever it was. It was a single bill. It was a,
1: it was a price of the movie. It was a
2: price of the movie. I said, I will pay for your ticket if you don't like it. Right. And uh, we saw it together. And you did not like it. You knew right away you didn't like it. And immediately after the film was done, you held out your palm, your empty palm yep. as if to say I didn't even think I l I didn't even look at you. Give it to me. Give me the money
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> and you were ready. <laughs> I was given opposite. I will vibe.
2: you know, but I will say, like, I- I'm not really interested in rewatching the movie, but he did win the Oscar for that movie. Mm-hmm. So I think I didn't misjudge Nick Cage as much as I misjudged you
1: in that moment. Uh, There wasn't a single scene in Leaving Las Vegas where he was in a bear costume. (laughs) (laughs) In the most
2: climactic scene of this film, Nick Cage is in a bear costume (laughs) from the neck down. (laughs) And he's hiding behind a tree (laughs) while hundreds of women are chasing him.
1: (laughs) Right. There is, this movie is rich. It is just, I mean, I. (sighs) (laughs)
2: All right. I have another question for you. Yeah. And I'm really hoping that one of these deleted scenes might explain it.
1: Nothing really gets explained by these things, by the way. (laughs)
2: This this one has me perplexed. I've been thinking about this a lot. In fact, it's been on my mind for probably three days now. I rewatched this scene like ten times to figure out what the hell was happening. Nick Cage shows up to this weird island and immediately encounters like an Amish-looking grandmother, or several grandmothers, right? And then... They have a bag like a like a burlap sack, and clearly there's a person inside this bag, right it's dripping and it's dripping blood, and Nick Cage is a police officer mm-hmm. and he's trying to make small talk and so eventually, they just laugh at him and they show him what's in the bag. But somehow the camera doesn't reveal what he sees. And he like jumps back like he's seen something horrifying. But we never find out what's in the bag. And then he forgets the experience in like two seconds and walks into this little pub and asks for a room. What's in the bag? What are we supposed to make of that? Does a, is there a deleted scene that shows what's in the bag?
1: No. Why don't we ever see what's in the bag? I'm not even sure he sees what's in the bag. Well, then he's a horrible police officer. Because... Right? Because I think they kind I think they do a thing where I got I, my impression of that scene was they like go ooh and I like give him a little spooky noise and then they laugh at him and because he feels he was mocked, he's like, well, forget it. You guys are just bullies. That's either here. a
2: dying child. Or a wounded chimpanzee. In either way, in either case, you're a police officer here to investigate a possible disappearance. Why don't you find out what's in the bag? <laughs> and you're telling me that there's no deleted scene that like shows some sort of gory image of
1: like? No, I don't think anybody. Uh, he, j- yeah, I'm re- yeah, I'm reading something right now. He just gets spooked. He just gets lets spooked. Them, and Let them walk. Lets them walk away. What? Because <laughs> I mean, what if that was the child you were looking for, and and you're already like ready to close the case, right? Immediately?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Does he is Nick Cage's character in this movie too stupid to live?
1: I think so. I think that's the idea, right? I mean, um, he brings two epipens only.
2: Uh, <laughs> to an island that's known for bee production. Yeah. And and you know you're allergic to bees. That's bees. Yeah.
1: yeah. A key plot point in this movie. You might film. need a whole carry-on of that.
2: <laughs> a key plot point in this movie is that he's allergic to bees. So they, they instead of like making him a conservative Christian and sending him to a little Satanist conclave... They made him allergic to bees. Yeah. And sent him to an island that has lots of
1: bees. Killing me is not going to bring back your goddamn honey. <laughs> it was this, this is murder.
2: Who is movie murder. Four. It was this movie for? Who is this movie for,
1: Steve? <laughs> you know, that is... I mean, I'm stumped. Because because so we're talking so we're doing remakes right now right and this is an important discussion right like so we did the departed doing a a remake of infernal affairs uh an americanized version that makes sense to me right when you see a remake of something that's from another country like that that there's logic to that it goes you know all different directions right yeah when you read and then we talked about robocop like robocop is such a iconic Uh, movie that spawned sequels and tv shows and 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 video games and toys and blah 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 and it just and and it's quotable forever so remaking it is like okay but you gotta it's beloved on a few levels one as a as a movie but also for like a satirical sense and so if you remake that you kind of gotta nail it and if you don't you come up with something that's like it's fine it's fine to look at but it's like we don't. Well, you're updating technology as well, right? You're updating technology, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but this this movie sort of stands beyond that to some degree, right? Mm. And it's got such a following. So Wicker Man is one of these movies that you know, 1973. It's considered uh, a great uh, folk horror uh, film in that genre. People tend to hold it high regard. So movies like that are like, okay, well maybe like so for those fans they probably don't necessarily want an updated version of it right because if you're a big fan of it you you're probably geeking out on it. maybe maybe you're like well, oh, well i'd be curious to see what you would do today you know you don't necessarily even have to modernize it because the whole point is that you're like it's kind of a, a guy going to a spot that's sort of outside of time right so hmm. you
0: could,
1: yeah so that right. concept is a little bit evergreen in, in right. that way um, but then you but then you you say okay well, what we're gonna do is we're going to follow the same sort of notion of um sort of this uh the this this ritualistic um kind of hidden away cultish type environment we're going to take a police officer who's trying to you know he's trying to do his his modern day version of investigating um but he can't really get anywhere because there's this this major culture clash and there's a lot of this unknown. Right. And and so you can really dig into the bizarre and you don't have to explain it. Right. It just that's one of the advantages of a movie like like that, that when you're dealing with folk horror and whatnot, you can kind of create um, uh, a lore that goes to sort of suit your narrative. Right. So there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, so this doesn't do a lot of what the first one does, other than just sort of create like a similar, like bare bones setting type situation, cop, uh, ritualistic world, and and then, the, then they so they created a new new kind of reason behind everything and a new like because the other one is not like a, a, a you know the, the 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 matriarchal society is is different for this that's that's unique to this
2: one. Oh, that's interesting.
1: And. um I should the say, other one,
2: It's it, it could be interesting.
1: <laughs> sure. Um, and uh but I mean, yes, yeah, just like but there is like similar, like I, I the other guy is like he, he he sort of is in disguise at one point and it's one of their ritualistic uh costumes. Again, I didn't not see the whole thing, I've just seen you know significant scenes. Um, so I think your ending is 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 relatively similar. Um, I don't know that there's a relationship with the uh the missing girl and and this police officer mm. and the first one that I can't speak to. So they tried to complicate it a little bit there, which I don't know that you need to, you know, I don't know. I don't know that that helps. So it's like, <laughs> so when you go back to your earlier question, who is this for? It's like, I have no freaking clue because if you're a fan of the original, this doesn't feel, I mean, it feels like it's kind of following the same notion, but it's not improving on it. I mean, and it's.
2: Oh, Oh no. I have not seen the 73 version. I can guarantee you
1: this is not improving. on it. And, and so, and so then if you're not a folk, if you're not a fan of like, cause like, this is a pretty specific type of horror, right? I mean, there's, there are, are plenty of examples. Probably the most recent that comes to mind is Midsummer uh, which by the way, has a lot of 2006 Wicker Man DNA in it. I don't care what Ari Aster has to say, like, Oh, I tried to divorce myself of it. It's like, yeah, you definitely may have been inspired by the original Wicker Man. Um, but for sure like there's a there's a significant bear there's a dude shoved into a bear carcass in um in midsummer <laughs> all right i've heard good things about midsummer what do you are i haven't seen that... midsummer bef- before this i was like bro this is you're this is very midsummer like there's a lot of midsummer oh. a, a D, there's a lot of wicker man 2006 specifically dna in midsummer and i know he's trying to like probably distance himself from it because it was such a slocky remake. Right. But at the at the same time, I almost wonder if there was an inspiration to be like, you know, this movie could have been good. And it almost feels like a wink and a nod in a way. Like I'm gonna take this and elevate it to high art That's folk interesting. horror. That's really and, interesting. And I don't I've, think there's a problem with I've that. I've not right? like seen I,
2: Midsummer and
1: um that makes me interested. Well in the same way that I, I think Punch Drunk Love is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's sincere attempt at making an Adam Sandler comedy but because he's Paul Thomas Anderson he doesn't he only sees what that what those comedies look like through his artistic lens and that is yeah uh angry guy screams a bunch and gets the girl <laughs> <laughs> but as Paul Thomas Anderson
2: he can't make a bad movie it's it's like Mm-mm. impossible for him to make a bad movie
1: so if you look if you read the script of the punch drunk love and and the cues and you read say like Billy Madison they're not different in many ways that's, that's it's, fantastic it, it, there's ridiculousness but it's but like this is his version of it right like this is all like cuz he can't that's not make it that's the
2: kind of hot take you're going to get on properly howard minute 31 of a wicker man remake podcast <laughs> <laughs> i i like molly parker i think she's a great actor I mean, here here's my feeling. She's such a good actor that even in this movie, I was kind of drawn in, in the scenes that she's mm. in. Uh, so she plays, what, Sister, Sister Rose and Sister Thorn? Yeah. Um, that's never... <laughs> they never do anything with that. normally normally if you get an actor to play twins that's gonna have some kind of bearing on the narrative but could just be they ran out of money and they were like well can you play this other person too I I love Nick Cage when he, he he goes he's talking to the teacher you know Sister Rose and like he walks five minutes and he sees someone that looks the same wearing different clothes and his immediate thought is, Oh, your sisters. His immediate thought is Didn't we just talk? <laughs> and it's not it didn't he doesn't say, Didn't we just get in a massive argument where I berated twenty <laughs> of your students and call them little liars?
1: Right.
2: <laughs> he acts like like he just met her at a coffee shop or something. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. We had our thing.
2: <laughs> he has amnesia this guy it's like from one scene to the next he's got no idea what just happened
1: well it's almost like they, they filmed every scene out of order and he only got the script for that scene like he didn't read the whole thing so the next day he's like oh you didn't tell me I was yelling at her no here's what, here's what happened they seen all the scenes where he was going to yell first
2: because they thought we want peak Nick Cage yelling and then he was just tired and then they <laughs> recorded the beginning of the film he was just exhausted. That's 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 the only way that I can explain it. Uh. So
1: this uh, so this so this movie um, uh, was, it did not win the Razzies like you would think. Oh. Definitely nominated, but it it was very fortunate that Basic Instinct Two existed. Apparently, ah, okay. And uh, he also lost Best Actor or Worst Actor to uh, Marlon and Sean Wayans for the movie Little Man. I mean, Um, there must be a number
2: of Nick Cage movies that have won the Razzies, right?
1: Yeah, he was nominated for Worst On-Screen Couple, Him and His Bear Suit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I
1: I think, I mean... So this movie is gloriously bad, though, right? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well I'll, I'll just say I will just reveal right now that I was tinkering with a, a Howard- minus 15 on this uh-huh. but I will say that I watched it twice and the second time was just for fun right so it's it's a movie that has received like the that, lowest that counts the, the lowest Howard rating I've ever given it, and yet I kind of feel like if you're willing to watch it again, then right. it was certainly entertaining. Maybe right. uh, I don't know. I'm not, not not that the Howard scale is it is a tell all here, but I did
1: no. Watch I mean, it two twice. things could be equally true, right? I mean, this could be well below Howard's abilities and still worth a rewatch for all the wrong reasons. And that's one of the reasons why I chose this. One was I, the memes, which was we'll get to those in a sec, um, and. Uh, and then I think the, um, and I, I knew it was going to be bad. And I had a feeling it was going to be like very watchable bad. Which well, look, I'm really grateful look, for.
2: Look, Nick Cage has a certain charisma. And I mean, I, don't take that in the wrong way. I think that Donald Trump has a certain charisma too. Uh, <laughs> so, but he, it's not like he's uninteresting. Right. <laughs> so, so if you put him in like a great movie like Raising Arizona, I'm really interested. And if you put him in a really bad movie like this, and this this could be like I didn't see the left behind stuff, but this could oh, maybe. this could be the worst movie I've seen him in.
1: Left yeah, and Left Behind was certainly on my um my short list of, of movies to, to remakes to watch. Um <laughs> And uh, you know, you know, I'm a sucker for a faith-based uh, flick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the hardest part of The Left Behind with Nick Cage is that he just he does the whole thing subtle, like he's just subdued Cage. Oh, he's he's Nick Caged, <laughs> and it's uh, and it misses something, right? Like, I mean, you're talking about a rapture movie, and he's not going to freak out. It's just sort of it's an unfortunate thing. <laughs> I mean, a movie like this is pretty fascinating too. Because, like you said, I mean, like I feel like he can rise to the occasion. Whether or not I liked leaving Las Vegas, I mean, you know how you feel about Oscars. I mean, his performance was uh, critically acclaimed by people who watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, so that that has to count for something, right? Um, and he's he 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 rises to the occasion of the film, even if the film. And he sinks to the occasion, I think, too. Right. I mean, I think that I think that's what makes him so interesting as an actor is that in a a, raise in Arizona, he's like almost pitch perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you see this and you're like, like, what else was he going to do? Right. (laughs) Like, if you look at this movie and go, well, if you put a better or like maybe a a, a, better, but like just a different type of dramatic actor in this that you consider uh you know also like a great performer put leonardo dicaprio in this role
2: oh it makes the movie worse for sure
1: it does make the movie worse right because he'll try in a movie that doesn't deserve it but when nick cage does something different he gives this movie exactly what it deserves (laughs) you know what i mean like i think he has he has an instinct for this goes, oh this movie's horseshit
2: it's like putting it would be kind of like putting dijon mustard on like a like a McDonald's cheeseburger.
1: Right. It's like, it's like that's that, not what this is that's for. That's not
2: what this... You, you've you just mixed things that shouldn't be mixed. Whereas right. Nick Cage is the perfect French's mustard.
1: Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's a yellow mustard packet <laughs> that you have to smear on with the packet.
2: <laughs> now, when you do the packet... For me, whenever I use one of those packets, which is not often, but whenever I do, I'm... I'm thinking about the amount of ketchup or mustard or relish or whatever it is that's touching the exterior of the plastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this is not sanitary. This has probably, probably been touched by 14 people. Right. And I do it. I do it anyway. I do, too.
1: Does that thought cross your mind? Does it disturb you? I think that's, I think that's what keeps us... Uh... Our immune system going little little decisions like that okay all right okay um can we talk about the car crash in this movie <laughs> the entirety of it uh yeah no i think so. yeah what's what the what's hell up? is up with the car accident <laughs>
2: <laughs> what's up what's up what's up car crash did the, did the pagan
1: women stage it i mean that's so that's the thing right so this movie Gives the impression, and, well, not subtly so, right? Like, I mean, because at the end you get another glimpse into like they're out there, right? They got these little sleeper agents.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, there, they're park. they're infiltrating every major city of America. Yeah. To sacrifice to this bee god and is it working? So, but one of the things that they decide to do, like, did they need the car crash? I feel like if you get a letter from your ex girlfriend who you still like, right. and say. My daughter's missing. You'll probably get the guy to come to the island. Why is yeah. the why is the car crash necessary? Are they trying to drive him insane? How do they get the the mother and daughter out of the car crash or is he like
1: hallucinating this? I don't think anyone has any idea. <laughs> what
2: what is I mean he's traumatized by the car. I get that. The, but then sure. the the his colleague his police colleague comes to his house mm-hmm. and says, "Yeah, bodies were never found. Guess we'll never know.
1: <laughs> we're done with that one. <laughs> we're done with that major thing that just police... happened in your life.
2: <laughs> police officers in California are just really bad in this movie, no doubt. Are the bees complicit?"
1: that's a great question this whole thing is all it's all been designed by the bees yeah oh my god i love i love this movie a lot it's really it's really bad i mean it's it's uh it's i love it because i think it think i mean i feel like nick cage feels like it seems like he's the only one that gets what this movie is like everybody else is like super into it and like no no this is going to be important and he's like no didn't you hear me yelling about a bike? <laughs> when he when he pulls his gun out and screams at it and then just pedals away, it's the funniest freaking thing.
2: Step away from the bike. Take your stupid mask. <laughs> why is he why is he on a bike? Why do, unbelievable. What does he think he's going to accomplish? Uh All right, so you were just in Salem recently, right?
1: Yeah. I wish I'd seen this first.
2: Does this movie make you rethink the witch trials at all? (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm not pro witch trial, but I will say that I can kind of see both sides after this
1: movie. (laughs) You know, having been, it's interesting that there's no... um, and you know, I didn't see every every inch of Salem, but I saw a pretty good portion of it. And there was never like, a, "Hey, Wicker Man was shot over here." <laughs> <laughs> never, never a mention of it. <laughs> so, y- you didn't see the B helmet.
2: The B helmet.
1: I mean, I where, saw people where, wearing, like, bee masks uh, to keep well, the bees where, out. Well, where Nick Cage's head gets put into a helmet with a funnel on it, and then no. they pour bees down it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not seen that. Yeah. So when this is over, do yourself a, a, a bit of a favor. Okay. Because there's two, I think there's two significant scenes that are not in the, because he doesn't, if I recall correctly, he doesn't scream at his... His ex fiance holding a while holding a burned doll, screaming, Why is it burned? Why is it burned? Why is it burned? That's a great scene, too. Um, so do that, watch that, and then but yeah, so so we see so when he is getting um uh surrounded, yeah, and about to be taken to the wicker man, um, we hear him yelling and we hear what we sound like legs crunching.
0: My legs, ah, my legs. <laughs> okay. It's just murder. Um,
1: that is, you see that in the uh in the alternate version in the in the unrated version. So <laughs> they they surround him. You watch them snap his legs. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's when he screams, "My legs, my legs." That now makes sense. And then um and then they put a a, a helmet on him a clear helmet type thing. Uh, like kind of like caged, I know it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then it, um, and then it goes on his shoulders, and then on the top of it is a funnel, and they just mm-hmm. dump bees into it so that his face is surrounded, and he's just like, ah,
0: oh, bees, bees, <laughs>
1: <laughs> bees in my eyes. And so he's just going, he's freaking out. And then they take it off after like just a few seconds, just enough to why sort like, just to, just, of just, just, just sort of treat it like a little fear factor, uh, you know, uh, thing. And then, and then they, and then they get his other EpiPen and they give him the EpiPen cause they want him to be all right. So they can drag him.
2: Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. now why would they delete any of that? That's my question.
1: I, my guess is they were wanting to shoot for a PG 13 and maybe the leg break was too much. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. But I don't know why you wouldn't have at least the the bee helmet. Because I did feel like, 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 did they think that part was too ridiculous? Huh? Yeah. Like, were they like, mm, this seems like it takes me out? That's <laughs> part of this otherwise cogent suit, narrative. That... Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know what would really class this up is get rid of the bee helmet and let's just put him in a bear suit.
1: And <laughs> when he reveals his face in the bear suit, it's it's. It's insanely comical.
2: <laughs> but what, what does he say? He's like, I told you to wait. And she's
1: like, I, I know.
2: I had to come. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, when he kicks... I had to come to the human sacrifice. I'm not going to miss that. He just that. really... I mean, he, Dude, it's like once he... a year.
1: I'm not going to miss the human sacrifice. When he kicks the young woman in the chest into the, into the picture.
2: <laughs> All right, so there's a lot of... Uh, Women punching, <laughs> punching <in the> and <laughs> punching and kicking. I'll say, yeah. but I was not. I really didn't see it coming because when he comes down, <laughs> I can't even say it. When he comes downstairs, the barkeep basically says, uh, "You look a little worse for the wear," and it's almost like that's too much. Like, <laughs> like lock me in a. Lock me in a tomb, lock me underwater, make me feel like I'm going insane, lie to my face, show me a bag that's clearly got a wounded child in it. <laughs> but if you're gonna mock me when I feel tired, I will punch <laughs> you in the face.
1: That's right. Where was my wake up call? <laughs> so just cold coxer.
2: Hold on. <laughs> Is was, was there a tweak that you'd make to this movie to improve
1: it? Um, I would add like another 20 to 30 minutes.
2: I really want to know what's in the bag. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I don't understand why he reacts the way he does. What's in the bag? A shark or something? I don't understand why he forgets it two seconds later. Yeah, because that's your first. This is the this first impression. This is a impression. horror movie. What? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I almost. I. I feel like I need to like write a letter to the writer or director of this. What that scene was supposed to be, because clearly, they botched it.
1: Right. I agree. It
2: was. <laughs> was there? Was there a half the battle one to grow on?
1: <laughs> um. You know. a Let. Uh, let let the locals let the local uh, police take care of it uh, just mind your jurisdiction <laughs> you,
2: you could only like you can only trust hippies so much yeah like I, I would trust hippies to make me a good honey right right but at what cost don't <laughs> <laughs> I love that they don't give him the honey like he's like they, they're gonna like it, it would be lost on him. So they give him like store bought honey that he can't get out of the little plastic bear. <laughs> He's really trying hard.
1: I really want this honey.
2: Um, was this was this movie better, worse, or on par with a Ron Howard film?
1: It's a non-Howard. It's
2: a, it's a non-Howard.
1: Yeah, there's. Uh... You
2: you've brought up a a new a new. A new axis on the on the uh, on the scale. <laughs> yes, this is a non-Howard. Now, I feel like I think it, I think it would be Howard minus fifteen, but I think I'm going to instead go with the Howard minus ten, simply because I liked it enough to rewatch it. Right. I mean, there are movies that I just can't can't stand.
1: There are Ron Howard movies I've never rewatched.
2: Like I will never watch Vanilla Sky again. I hate that movie so much. I've never seen it. <laughs> it's so stupid and bad, and makes no sense at all. And it should be to this? good. It should be good. <laughs> it's Cameron Crowe. I mean, it, it it should be good. It's uh, it's so bad, so bad. So I'm not gonna rewatch that. But I'll I'll rewatch this under the right circumstances. Well, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you're right. The I don't think I'll ever pay for it just... again. I think you know this time I paid three ninety nine or whatever to watch it. Yeah, but if if it is on offer for free and I and I want to see my son's reaction,
1: I <laughs> I, I would have liked a one to go to make because I would have liked to have seen this in the theater with people. <laughs> I mean Heather, I think. I don't even think I don't even know if he got to the island by the time she was she tapped out. Oh no! She just went into the bedroom and was like, "I could hear it. That's plenty."
2: Uh, Steve, you and I are writing a screenplay together. <laughs> Is there anything yes. from this movie that you would like to incorporate in our in our film? I don't know
1: if we I don't know if we have any screaming, so I think we need to go punch some stuff up.
2: You know, Nick Cage is only ever a lead actor now. You know, he's one. Of yeah, the, he's one of these guys who's like,
1: he's well, and Renfield, he, like, even though he's Dracula, he's sort of
2: he's 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 a supporting role. You're saying
1: a little bit more so. right? Have you seen that? Have movie? you seen this? No, I haven't. Um, I uh, Abigail and I watched, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty minutes of it, and we're like, nope, he's just a, like a series of misfires. He's
2: kind of like at that earnest level of acting.
1: Like, Ernest goes to camp?
2: Yeah, it's like, Ernest is not, he's not A-lister,
1: he's not a B-lister. You're saying saying Nicolas Cage is in his Jim Varney period? Yes, I think
2: think so. (laughs) Because, look, if you're going to do, if you're going to put the Jim Varney in a movie, it's going to be an Ernest movie, and he's going to be the lead character. He doesn't do other kinds of roles. He's either a lead character, or he's not in the movie at all. Could you remake the Ernest movies with Nick Cage? I would love to do uh, Ernest Goes to Jail again. Um, <laughs> but <laughs>
1: but it's, it's a Tarantino version. I
2: would love, I would love to see P.T. Anderson do Ernest Goes to
1: Jail. <laughs> see, that's what I just, I was like, I wish, I wish, like it was almost, it'd be like jury duty, where like every director at one point has to make an Ernest movie. I was like, well, I'm retiring. <laughs> Not so fast, Clinton. So when... You still owe us. You still owe us one, Ernest. You cast whoever you want as Ernest.
2: I like the new uh, designation. The new non-Howard. <laughs> uh, that's good. I do feel like though that every movie that's not Howard is non-Howard.
1: Uh, I just don't. To me, there's a Venn diagram here, and I see. Uh, and a Howard movie circle never meets the Wicker Man circle.
2: Uh. Curious to see James Franco in in the final scene of this film.
1: Setting up Wicker Man 2. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that. Still not as unnecessary and uh, and upsetting to me as the rat in Departed.
2: <laughs> you'd rather see a, you'd rather... oh you'd, you'd you'd rather see James Franco than a rat is what you're saying. I, I would rather see a rat.
1: Yeah, I just, this, that sequence, like, didn't, like, it didn't do anything to make anything more interesting. You know what I mean? Like, there was no, well, like, I oh, think... they're at it again. Like, I mean, like, like oh, now I get it. <laughs> <You
2: know>? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. They, I don't know what, what James Franco's filmography was at this point. But I do like that they did bring in sort of a similar type at the end of the film. Uh, so you get a cop. He yeah, but he's younger, he's more impressionable. James Franco kind of presents as kind of like handsome and stupid as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And so he is without without trying.
2: Right, yeah. So he kind of has that Nick Cage vibe to him. Uh although right. is all right, so now now I'm questioning that. Is Nick Cage handsome?
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I mean
2: He has a watchable quality for sure. Yeah,
1: I mean he's he's a step above Woody Harrelson. He's a flight of stairs above Woody
0: Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs>